Hey everyone, and welcome to your daily dose of Healing to Shift, where the goal is to heal our souls and to transform our minds so we can transform our lives. This is truly a self-love journey, and it starts with you. When we think of something expiring, we think of something coming to an end. And we often attach expiration dates to food items, memberships, warranties, or a time frame that we are given to make an online purchase for something. For instance, if you've ever purchased tickets for a concert or an event on Ticketmaster, then you know that there is a timed amount of time that you are allotted to keep the items in your cart as well as to complete your purchase. When the allotted amount of time has expired, you have to start the process again. Some gift cards have an expiration date. Coupons have an expiration date. When the expiration date hits its mark, the item whatever it may be, has no value and your time to use it has come to an end. There is something that is more valuable than any food item, membership, warranty, ticket, gift card, and coupon. It is you. And you come with an expiration date. Every milestone Every level of increase, every moment of evolution, every venture requires a new version of you. And here's the thing, the time in which you are active or of use in your role, not your purpose, can be compared to a shelf life. Shelf life is the length of time that a commodity may be stored without becoming unfit or unsuitable for use, consumption, or sale. So in other words, it might refer to whether a commodity should no longer be on a pantry shelf or no longer on a supermarket shelf. It is a period of time during which a material may be stored and remains suitable for use. It is also defined as the period of time during which something lasts or remains popular. Shelf life depends on the degradation mechanism of the specific product. In other words, whatever stage in life you are at, whatever role God has you in, and the person you are today has an expiration date. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1 says, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. There will come a point when your role, your stage in life, and the person you are today will no longer be fit or suitable for consumption and use because it was meant for only a season, a moment in time. Remaining the same, stagnation and complacency will deteriorate you. So you have to restore your shelf life by reinventing you, redesigning you, repurposing you, restoring you into something that takes on a new measure of value and that is fit and suitable for consumption and use during a new season. Restoring you 
into something that gives you longevity in this world of one hit wonders. Take the iPhone, for example. Every so often, Apple releases a new iPhone with new specs, features, colors, interface, and design, right? Now, each version or upgrade of the iPhone has subtle differences. However, no matter how subtle the difference, these differences rejuvenates the iPhone, restores its value, and makes it more suitable and fit for use. Now, think about the first iPhone that was made and the iPhones we have now. If you can recall, there is a noticeable difference and you can't find a first iPhone and several of the older iPhones on a consumer shelf. Although the older versions of the iPhone has expired, the value and the shelf life has been restored and maintained through innovation and transformation. So they just took the same phone and made it better. So in other words, the host being the model of the phone has evolved through redesigning the overall look, color, length, and width of the phone. And the operating system, or as we know as OS, has evolved through upgrades of new features, apps, and specs. Now, just like the iPhone, Okay, you are the host and your operating system are your morals, values, knowledge, mindset, skills, talents, attributes, traits and creativity that you possess that keep you functioning and operating. When you have hit your expiration date, you are no longer of good use nor consumable. In a lot of ways, you are no longer palatable. There are qualities, traits, attributes, behaviors, thinking concepts, attitude, and speech that will no longer be consumable nor of use anymore. It won't. The new stages in your life, the new caliber of people you will need to surround yourself with, your new roles in life, your new ventures will require a new and improved version of you in order to be digestible, consumable, and of good use and value to others. You have to grow and mature to keep your operating system working at full capacity. Now, take for instance, milk. Milk has an expiration date and many of us have tasted spoiled milk. So what is the first thing you do when you taste that the milk is spoiled? You spit it out immediately. You don't swallow it. This is because it is no longer palatable, consumable, nor suitable for use and no longer has any nutritional value to it. The same is with you and people when you or others have reached your expiration date. How many people were you once close to, but over time you grew apart or God removed those people from your life? Now, think about their qualities, traits, behaviors, attitude, and speech. They were no longer fit or suitable for your consumption. You can no longer stand the taste of it. And this is why you have, and 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 this is, and this is because you have, outgrown them and they have hit their expiration date. This is why you have to continue to grow. 
You have to continue to reinvent yourself, redesign yourself, repurpose yourself, and restore yourself into something of value through innovation and transformation. Now, take, for instance, a newly planted fruit tree. When you plant a fruit tree and a fruit tree starts to grow, the first fruits from the fruit tree are small and are not worth harvesting. The tree itself is also small in size. Now, there are people in my family that have planted fruits and vegetables. My Korean grandma and grandpa were farmers, and much of what they ate came from what they planted and harvested. My mom's current husband is a farmer, and if you go out to their home, they he has all kinds of vegetation planted on their farm. So I have had the opportunity to taste the first fruits that a fruit tree grows. And let me tell y'all, the fruit is very small and lacks the full, juicy, and robust flavor of a a more older, mature fruit tree. So the first fruits of a fruit tree is not worth consuming. However, as the fruit tree grows, is nurtured, and continues to bear fruit, Each harvest has a subtle yet noticeable difference until the fruit tree reaches full maturity. There is a difference in the size, taste, and even the color. And this is when you can truly enjoy the fruit and appreciate the value of the fruit tree. The tree itself is larger, taller, and has a ton of fruit branches stemming from it. The fruit tree is full and the fruit it bears cannot be counted. So just really visualize that in your head. Each season in your life will reach a point of maturity And it is at this point when you will have to repurpose yourself, redesign yourself, reinvent yourself and restore your value and use or your operating system in order to go to the next stage in life. Ephesians 4.22 says that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So just take out the deceitful lusts and let's relate this that part to old behaviors, qualities, traits, attributes, thinking concepts, attitude, and speech, okay? We have to put off or strip off our former conduct relating to our behavior, qualities, traits, attributes, thinking concepts, attitude, speech, and put on or clothe ourselves with a new man, man being man or woman, which God created in true righteousness and holiness. See, God is going to recreate you during your season that that you're in um, before your expiration date and before he moves you into your next season. But God is not going to do all of the work for you. He's not. Now, he's definitely going to do his part, but you have to do your part as well. How long you remain in the season you are currently in largely depends on you. It depends on how malleable you are, how 
easily you are able to learn, adapt, and change. If you are resistant or reluctant to any change that God has placed in front of you or revealed to you, you will stay in that season until you make the necessary changes he needs you to make to move you forward. Otherwise, you will remain in your current season, deteriorating away, being of no good use and losing your value. And when you think about it, this isn't uncommon for many people. We are surrounded by people whom we have grew up with, went to school with, work with, and two, three, five or more years can pass and they will be doing the same thing and simply wasting away. They have not repurposed, reinvented, redesigned, nor restored themselves. And when you think about this, this is sad and unfortunate because there are gifts and talents in all of us because all of us were made in God's image. But unfortunately, there are a lot of people not doing anything with the God-given talent that they were blessed with. A reason for this is because people do not possess the knowledge that they need in order to use their God-given talent. And so um, something else is they also lack the motivation to do so. See, you have to continue to grow in knowledge in order to successfully use your skills and talents. You also have to continue to grow in knowledge in order to develop new skills and talents. And this is imperative to going into the next season of your life. Proverbs 4 verse 5 through 7 says, get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will preserve you. Love her and she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom and in all you're getting, get understanding. Listen, I love this scripture because it is so true. You have to get and keep getting wisdom and understanding. Wisdom is the principal thing. In other words, wisdom is the main thing. It is primary and central to our growth. And I get tickled by the end of verse seven. It says, in all you're getting, get understanding. So whatever you're out there getting, make sure you're getting understanding. Wisdom is of no use if you do not understand it. The only way to put wisdom to good use is through understanding. Understanding comes from digging for knowledge through reading, studying, listening, meditating, and prayer. And the main wisdom we are going to need to understand is the wisdom of God. This is the foundation for getting you prepared and ready for your next season. So once you have recognized that it is time to elevate, change, and move, you have to now prepare. But you have to stay ahead of the game by preparing in whatever role you are currently serving in. Remember, God has been preparing you the whole time or trying to prepare you. But God is not going to move you into your new season without you being fully prepared. Learn everything you can possibly learn. Take full advantage of the resources placed in front of you. Maximize your full potential in the role or assignment that you are currently in. Learn from others. 
download knowledge by watching, listening, reading, and implementing the patterns and thought processes of people who are thriving and excelling. Prepare your mind by downloading as much information, useful information as possible. Listen to what is being discussed around you. Be self-aware. You have to know your weaknesses from your strengths. You have to know where there is room for improvement within yourself and read. Read books that address what you are struggling with. Read books that discuss how someone overcame whatever specific challenge you are having and see what steps you can take. Read books about people that are where you are trying to be and learn from their journey. See, what points and helpful tips you can... See what points and helpful tips you can glean from their example. Be humble. Ask questions. Ask those that are around you who are doing well and growing and thriving what they do, how they do it, how they overcame challenges, what steps they took. Ask them what advice they would give you. Ask someone you trust what what you could improve about yourself and be willing to make the necessary adjustments. Before stepping into this season of my life that I am currently in, God was nudging me to read and watch YouTube videos. Some of the books I read were Daring Greatly by Brene Brown, which discusses the power of vulnerability. I read The Power of Voice by Denise Woods, which helps you to identify your authentic voice and project it with confidence. I read Your Purpose is Calling by Dr. Darius Daniels, which helps you identify your purpose and how to confidently step into it. I read Emotional Intelligence 2.0 by Dr. Travis Bradbury and Dr. Jean Greaves, which discusses the importance of emotional intelligence and how it will benefit you and others. I also watched tons of YouTube videos from motivational, inspirational, intellectual, and spiritual speakers. See, There was no one around me that could directly influence me and assist me specifically with growing into this now season of my life. And sometimes it's going to be like that, but do not allow this to deter you nor prevent you from redesigning, reinventing, repurposing, and restoring yourself, okay? Rely on God throughout your growth journey, and he will direct you to the resources that you need. And so reflecting back, I remember the day I was fed up with this, with the past season I was in, and I was feeling all those nudges from God. So I prayed to him and I said, I don't know how to get started, nor what you want me to do, but whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do it. And so shortly after I said that prayer, I opened my Instagram app. And the first thing that popped up on my feed were uh, the books Daring Greatly and The Power of Voice, which is uh, it popped up because it's based on what I look at on my based on the algorithm. So it's what I look at. But anywho, that didn't matter. But immediately I heard God say, get the books. 
So I went out, I purchased the books, came home. And this tickles me because I said, I said, okay, what now, God? And he said, read. So <laughs> I know sometimes he's like, girl, mm-mm-mm. okay. But anywho, um, as I read both books, I was in amazement because it was exactly what I needed and it addressed some of the things that I struggle with and that I, I needed to address. Um, it, you know, they, they helped me to improve and develop qualities and skill sets that I needed for this season that I am currently in. But um Anywho, I say all this to say that until God places the right people and resources in your life directly, he will place the people and the resources that you need in your life indirectly. You just have to pay attention. All right. So now you're working on yourself. You're learning and growing your knowledge, skill sets, wisdom and understanding. You're picking up new habits and traits and shitting the old ones. Now you have to know when it is time to move on to the next season or phase in your life. And this is done by hearing the word of God. God will let you know. There are signs you have to pay attention to. And these signs are called nudges from God. And that was what I was speaking about earlier when I said I was feeling all these nudges from God. And some of these nudges or signs are feelings of complacency, feelings of stagnation, feelings of burnout, feeling underwhelmed, feeling like you're no longer being challenged, feeling like you have reached your full potential in your role or assignment, feeling like you are meant for something else and feeling a sense of urgency to make a change. I do not believe that these are random feelings. I don't. I believe that this is God's way of speaking our, uh, as, as rather speaking to our emotions to push us into creating change within ourselves and for ourselves. Much of what we do, the decisions we make, our belief systems, our morals and values, what we deem important and what we are passionate about are not stemmed from, from our thoughts alone. Our emotions and the way we feel about something plays a vital role in our decision-making, what we do, our belief systems, our morals and values, what we deem important and what we are passionate about. The greater our emotional desire to create change within ourselves and for ourselves, the greater the chance that we will actually do it. So when you feel feelings of complacency, feelings of stagnation, feelings of burnout, feeling underwhelmed, feeling like you're no longer being challenged, feeling like you have reached your full potential in your role or assignment, feeling like you are meant for something else and feeling a sense of urgency to make a change, this is God nudging you to do it. And he will keep nudging you until you do because those emotional cues are his way of letting you know, hey, it's time to elevate. It's time for change. It's time to move. And when God says go, it's time to go. Okay. So what does this require? This requires your obedience. 
Obedience is not always a quality that is easily executed. Obedience, although rewarding, is challenging. Why? Obedience to God comes with backlash. While there are going to be people who support you, cheer for you, and encourage you on your journey, whether they understand your whys or not, there are also going to be people who don't. For every positive, there is a negative. For instance, the parable of the weeds and the wheat, the good and the bad, the light and the dark. There are people who are going to think that you are out of your mind, that you're being radical, that you are falling off the deep end. They will even question your faith and belief in God because it doesn't align with their belief systems. But you have to be more confident in your personal relationship with God and what you know for sure he is telling you and moving you to do. Listen, people can't give you what they don't have and they can only understand what they are ready for. If people have their mind made up about you, you do not have to make a defense for yourself. Your defense will manifest itself through your actions, words, and deeds, through the positive results that are produced through you. So stay the course and be obedient to God. If you do, you will be so richly and exuberantly blessed for your obedience. I know this. Now, take for instance... The biblical example of Mary and Joseph. Mary, a virgin, was told by Gabriel, an angel of God, in Luke 1, verse 31, it reads, And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. Now, skipping to verse 34, then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? In other words, Mary was untouched by a man. She was a virgin. Now, verse 35, and the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that holy one who is to be born will be called the son of God. Here's the thing. Mary believed the angel of God. And if you read verses 46 through 45, Mary was singing a joyful song of praise to God because she was ecstatic about bearing the son of God in her womb. See, obedience requires belief, belief on your part, not anybody else's. No one has to believe in God's promise to you, what he shares with you, what he has told you and directed you to do, but you and only you. Romans 10 verse 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Mary was already a believer. Her faith was firmly grounded. Mary asking Gabriel, how can this be, was was not a matter of doubt placed within her heart. 
but more so her being inquisitive as to how she was able to fulfill this assignment considering she was untouched by a man. Don't miss out on your blessing because you don't believe and because people have you faltering in your obedience. So this means that you are going to have to train your faith, train your trust, train your mind and heart condition to believe in God. And this is done by reading the word of God. The more you fill yourself with the word of God, the more you will feel connected to God because you are developing a solid relationship with him and drawing closer to him. This is because you are getting to know him. And the only way to know God is by reading his word. Now, Take, for instance, or say, for example, you meet someone and you feel a connection with them. In the beginning stages of you and this person developing a friendship or relationship, you don't know them, right? But over time, through conversations, meeting up together and watching their behaviors, you begin to... Um, uh, watch, uh, watching their behavior, seeing how they respond to you, getting to know their other friends and family, you begin to develop a degree of trust in this person. And that trust continues to grow as you get to know them more. This is the same with God. The more you get to know him, the more you will trust him and believe in him, which in turn will activate your obedience. And think about this. Mary had to have thought to herself that that this, you know, would be crazy to other people because in verse 34, remember, as I stated earlier, she questioned Gabriel. So just like she questioned Gabriel, other people, I'm quite sure, had questions about it as well. But um, she she didn't care. Her belief in God activated her obedience. Will your belief in God activate your obedience? Another quality Mary displayed was confidence. She was confident in God and trusted him. She did not give in to fear. Mary knew that God is God almighty. And whatever opposition that may come her way, he was going to take care of the matter for her. This confidence and trust in God moved Mary to confidently fulfill her assignment and fulfill it with joy. Don't give in to fear, fear of what might happen, fear of what people will say, fear of what people will do. Simply put fear of man. Don't fear the unknown because fear will hold you back and have you missing out on great possibilities, opportunities, and blessings. Now, Let's go back to the example of the fruit tree. Remember, I stated that when you plant a fruit tree, the fruit itself is small and the first fruits are not worth harvesting due to the fruit and the fruit tree not having grown to full maturity. But when the fruit tree does reach full maturity, the tree is taller, larger, has tons of branches branching out from it. It's filled with leaves and is bearing so much fruit you can't even keep count of it. Also, depending on the fruit tree and the age of it, some of the fruit at the very top of the tree never gets harvested. That's just how 
large it is. It remains untouched. Okay, let's say that this fruit tree symbolizes you. The newly planted fruit tree is you as a babe, and the first fruits represent the qualities, traits, and attributes that were first instilled into you, that you first developed. As the fruit tree continues to grow over the years, more care is put into nurturing it and aiding it to full maturity. A person may invest in pesticide that has no harsh chemicals and is organic because they want to ensure that the fruit tree remains as uncontaminated as possible. A person may even invest in a more costly form of soil to ensure that the fruit tree bears the best fruit. The same goes for you. In order for you to grow, you will have to invest more care time and effort into nurturing yourself to full capacity, into reaching full maturity at every season in your life. You will also need the care of others just as the fruit tree. You will need others that have spiritual substance and value that they can pour into you, that can pour seeds of knowledge, wisdom, guidance, support and encouragement and truth into you so you can continue to grow and bear the best fruit you can bear as well as helping you to be as well as, as excuse me as well as helping you to not be influenced by people that can contaminate you and just as the fruit tree once you reach full maturity your skill sets talents, abilities, qualities, traits, attributes, thinking concepts, attitude, and speech will be like the branches, leaves, and fruits on a fully matured fruit tree. They will be immeasurable, firmly rooted, and producing the best fruit it can produce.